Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. On Saturday night, actor-musician Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, dropped a music video for his new song, This Is America. And if you aren't one of the more than 30 million people who've watched it already, the song sounds a little something like this. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. It's emotional, it's intense, there are lots of layers of symbolism, shooting, dancing. It feels like something you really have to watch more than once to understand and get everything. And by the way, listeners, we are going to be posting this video on our website and on our Facebook and Twitter pages today, so you can also find it there too. But joining me now to break this down is Ibra Ake, producer on This Is America, and he's the creative director for Childish Gambino and also works as a writer on Atlanta, the hit series that Donald Glover created and stars in. Ibra, so good to have you here. Nice to be here. So this video exploded on social media. Like I said earlier, I'm going to have to watch it a couple times to really get it all in. Talk to us a little bit about sort of the big ideas behind this. Um, How long after Donald wrote the song did you guys come together with the visual images for the video? It's, It's interesting working with him because... I feel like this is actually one of the older songs. He kind of just has things in his head. And when it's kind of album time, it's kind of like, okay, finish baking the cake you started. So we've kind of heard this for a while. The idea was just a We Are, we are the World song, I guess. You know, there's a bunch of rappers featured, but he just kind of wanted to make a We Are the World song with rappers and... Really not them rapping, just their ad-libs, just kind of reducing the features to jazz. When you watch it, or when I watched it, one of the things that, that captured me was the the violence is graphic, it's stunning, and it's very quick. It's a surprising, constant turn of events. And in fact, there's a lot of talk about how seeing these images are traumatic for black Americans who already live these realities and see these realities, and now they're sort of reinforced in social media. And I want to read you a tweet by Brittany Luce, the host of Gimlet's The Nod. Uh, She said, and I'm quoting, I think the thing I'm struggling with is that as a black woman, I don't need to see images like those to feel enraged. I'm already enraged. I'm not trying to be cynical here, but I can't help but wonder who is this supposed to provoke? Um... I definitely feel her. You know, I've had a conversation. I remember, you know, there was an incident where this guy had a breakdown in New York and ended up shooting a cop. I just remember that was kind of the first time during the Black Lives Matter protests and things where we've always known as a community there's violence uh, towards us and just in America in general. It's just not, it's not just limited to black people. But I think... Yeah, I just think that's just the nature of where we are, and we don't control that. You know, I've, I have a lot of people of color who, when we're seeing a lot of images of violence, especially against us, have to take a break and cry in the bathroom and go back to work. That's just part of, you know, life in America, and I, I don't think what we did was remarkable in, or different than my daily life in any way. I think we just talked about it to a broader audience, but... 
Twitter is doing that to me constantly. I don't see any kind of, when I hop on my feed, I see a million images of violence. Now, you know. we're talking about the impact that this video and, and watching repeated trauma of black Americans has on black Americans. How do you think this video is going to play out differently with other audiences, white audiences, for example? I definitely see it's uncomfortable to watch, but I, I really can't tell. Like, I, I can never, I mean, I think as a black man, it's really hard to predict what white people are going to think of what we make. And I think even with working on Atlanta, we try not to think about that. And I think, I mean, I've talked to Donald about this a lot, but we talk a lot about as creators who are kind of marginalized with our voice, we try to make stuff in a vacuum in a way where we're not influenced by what was made before us, which usually in the media specifically comes from like a, a white world and a white infrastructure or a, a system that is controlled by white people. So, you know, even with this video, we kind of reduced it to a feeling, a very black feeling, a very violent feeling, but also a very fun feeling. Like, you know, if you're at the club and there's a shooting outside, you still have to go get food afterwards and you have to compartmentalize that. Like being, being marginalized is compartmentalizing trauma to exist in the world. Like, I can't stop being black because of trauma or discrimination. I still have to live life and forge on. And maybe, I, maybe we take that for granted, but I, I think that's just part of the experience. I think you're tapping into um, what I was feeling when I watched it was a, a wave of emotions. There's a great Huffington Post article that, and I suspect more of these to come, that really breaks down the different uh, imagery uh, that's in it. It's everything from the warehouse where they say uh, this is supposed to sort of embody what you're talking about, systemic white supremacy and oppression. Are they, are they on the nose about that? Yeah, I, we actually just thought this wouldn't be as big of a deal as it would be, but I think when we make stuff, we 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 think of it as a dance. So we put our opinion down, and how people respond to it and what they see in it kind of informs us and actually gives us a better idea of ourselves. So it's not it's not a simple of like we we know everything we're doing, but we just kind of know the feeling. We want, and a lot of times we don't even have the tool to kind of explain what we're feeling, whether that's like happiness or anger or sadness or or joy. But I think when we share that, it kind of people, you know, there's a commonality there, and people can relate to a lot of this stuff. And and yeah, a lot of the stuff they write about is is dead on. But I don't think we are as cerebral or like calculated as people think. But I you know, obviously people picked up on, you know, the like Donald's dancing and like as a, as in the, Fela Kuti, right? Yeah, as like yeah. Fela Kuti, but like there's a little bit of like Jim Carrey in the mask there and like a minstrel like attitude to it, you know, like even being on set there was a lot of just be <laughs> uh, this is bad, but like yeah, just just be that kind of like old school like vaudeville entertainish like coonish smile but but i i i think um i think it's not simply that like yes that is jim crow esque and that is a reference that has affected us but that's also the guara guara dance 
in itself, which originated in Africa. And, you know, it's a bunch of kids who are, are people who live, I mean, not necessarily that like Africa is a poor place, but people are still dancing and happy and like, like expressing themselves in that way without the same kind of like politics attached to like presenting a black body. Yeah, in that way. But it's similar movement in a way, but the context in an American space versus like an African space is still kind of telling the same story of like enjoyment and joy besides this like really complex to digest background. So I I think it's also important we include the diaspora narrative because this isn't, I think part of This Is America is kind of being like, this is the world also, like America isn't above the rest of the world. You mentioned the children in the video, and I remember as I was watching it being so nervous for these kids in in not not in real life, but in in the, the Im- image of the video. I kept thinking, what's going to happen to these kids? Right, there was a tension there that just had me uh, concerned. It almost felt like what we what we live every day, the violence that's inflicted on on young black Americans every day was coming through emotionally for me there. I, I was feeling a lot of things. I necessarily didn't see joy, but I saw joy that was, maybe it was joy that was ready to be interrupted. And that was the tension that I kept seeing. Oh, definitely. I, I think, I mean, that's actually a great sentence. I, I think that's part of just life in general. And that dial, I don't think it's also, I think it's dangerous when not, you know, specifically when you start going into like black people versus white people or gay versus, you know, mainstream like sexuality, like joy, your joy being foreign to others is, it it becomes a more dangerous and like risk of interruption. And it's just so it creates a moment of tension because you kind of, you know, there was a group of black women that were kicked off a wine tour for laughing too loud. And off and a so golf like, course. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, even our joy makes people uncomfortable. And I think even with the video, I think people are focusing on the violence, but I also want to stress that it's about stuff like that. Like it was important to have you know, D shirtless, because it's like, yeah, that's how we dance. That's like your uncle in Nigeria who drinks harp. And like, you know, that that reference of Fela Kuti doesn't stop at Fela or stop in like the 70s. Like, that is part of expressing yourself. And I think it's just our goal is to like normalize blackness. And, and, and I feel like we don't really think of it in that like editorial way. I think it's just like, yeah, this is how we would like to dance, but we have to be aware of the danger and the politics of how we're perceived and the implications of the history of how we were treated and a responsibility against current events and current times. There's all this math you're constantly doing, expressing yourself. And I think in general, I think we're trying to kind of not have to explain ourselves to other and just exist and not censor what our existence looks like as um, people. But that's at the the core of the American, particularly the black and brown American experience, is not being able to exist as people solely, right? And I feel like that's also what you were talking about in terms of, you know, having to be, as marginalized people, have to compartmentalize their lives and their feelings. No, definitely. I mean, I, I grew up in Nigeria. I was born here, grew up in Nigeria. And moving back here, and a lot of my friends feel this, there's a lot of, you know, 
I'm allowed to have conflict with someone who's different than me, but it's like, oh, is this like an actual difference in personality or is this like racism? And even just the math of constantly trying to categorize interactions makes being black just that much more exhausting. And I'm sure like, you know, identifying as a woman makes that so much more exhausting. And I I think that's why it's important that we all express our true cells, especially for those who who don't have a voice, just just so we can be understood better. And like and I think it's not enough that people understand that about like the bad stuff, but people also have to understand the good stuff, how we have to balance the good and the bad stuff. And and not just for white people to understand us, but for us to understand each other. Like that's a lot of this is America is kind of, you know, bridging the gap with the diaspora. This work quickly became uh, social media uh, fodder and, like I said, people have dissecting it almost in the way that they were with Get Out, right? Like seeing all the symbolism behind it and trying to understand everything. And it's been called a work of genius in many ways. Uh, What's next for the team? I think next for the team we're focusing, I mean, (laughs) hopefully making another music video people like, even if it's maybe not as salacious as this one and um and I think yeah I don't know I don't think we've 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 honestly had a chance to think of that I think probably just wrapping up the new music that's coming out and I think we like to keep stuff under wraps but there's more there's more coming and um we like to think of ourselves as like the Avengers every time we can assemble <laughs> and we we ha- all our schedules are in line, and so that's happening right now. And um, we're working like rapidly to just get as much out as we can, especially this last run, to really, yeah, just really like make a big bang, you know, because this is Donald's last album. And so, yeah, but but we have we have some good stuff coming coming up for you guys. Ibra Ake, producer on This Is America and creative director for Childish Gambino. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. His persona and song hold a mirror up to us in this United States. We have strayed so far from a nation of values where everyone is considered worthy of equal consideration and safety. Whole swaths of our country are considerably worse off after generations of neglect, racist and classist public policies, and poor access to health and housing. When will we pay attention by reversing these still active ideas to create lasting change? Thank you, Artist Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. This is Holly Freewin in Portland, Oregon. I loved Donald Glover's new music video. Not only is it just playing good music, but the direction and the cinematography was outstanding. The message behind was, of course, the utmost importance, and uh, I look forward to whatever he comes out with next. My name is Lily, and I'm from Eugene, Oregon. This is Trey from Atlantic Beach, Florida. And as a long-term fan of Childish Gambino, his videos have always had some kind of message, and you really have to analyze the work to get the message. And this latest one is a great resemblance of America's art of distraction and violence in the country. And I love seeing the feedback that people give on the video and the meanings of the symbolic representations in them. This is Liza from Lafayette, Indiana. I think it's a profound and necessarily in-your-face work of art that forces the audience to face the exploitation and killing of black people in America. 
The song is also mesmerizing, and I can't stop listening. Heartbreakingly accurate. Reminds me of several Rage Against the Machine songs created to help people, quote-unquote, wake up to the reality of how our country slash the world truly operates. Lots of thoughts from you. And you can check out the video on our Facebook page. And while you're there, let us know what you think. 